Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of Hemelham State. We wish as we do once a week, we come and we preach the Word of God, the precious message of the Bible. We come to declare God's Word to the people here of Hemelham State. The world has both good news and bad news. I must begin, of course, with the bad news. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible declares. We've all come short of God's perfect standard of righteousness. This has been true ever since. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned. And all have sinned since. And the Bible makes very clear, and we see it every day, it is appointed unto man once to die because he is a sinner. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We don't teach our children how to sin. They're born sinners. The Bible says shapen in iniquity. All of our children come forth from the womb speaking lies. You don't need to teach anybody how to be a liar or to be an unkind person that is in the heart of mankind. But God sent his son into the world to save sinners. And uh, we do, friends, want to preach that message of the Bible that God has determined to save a great number of people in this fallen world so that not all will go to a last eternity in hell. The Bible does speak of an everlasting punishment, but he speaks in his word of an eternity to be with him in a new heavens and in a new earth where there is no death, where there is no violence, where there are no crimes, where there is no weeping and sorrowing. And we're told God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. So I want to read some words found in the letter of the epistle to the Hebrews written to Christian Jews or Jews who were converted and became Christians in the day of the Apostle Paul. And he here is speaking about the Old Testament temple where there was worship to God and now that has been made redundant because the Lord Jesus indeed has offered up himself as the Lamb of God. In the Old Testament temple there were the lambs that were given in sacrifice to Almighty God because it's very clear from the Bible right from the beginning in Genesis after man had sinned there had to be propitiation for sin. There had to be payment made for sin. And we're told here that Jesus Christ was once offered up to bear the sins of many. And here, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ who has entered into the temple which is in heaven, and it says, For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, speaking of the temple here on earth, which are the figures of the true, but into the heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us as believers. For yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place 
every year with blood of others, for them must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once, in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. The Bible says he suffered once. We completely deny and reject the abominable heresy of the Catholics which teach that at the Mass that somehow Christ dies again and offers up himself again for sinners. But we read here that he offered him up himself up once for sinners. That is for his people. And it says, and as it is appointed unto man once to die, after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them, that's the many in whom he has offered up himself for, that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Christ now is in heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ is the very creator of the world. The Bible says all things were made by him and for him. And without him nothing that is made was made. The scriptures say in John chapter 1 verse 10, He was in the world and the world knew him not. Though he made the world and he displayed to the world at that time when he came into the world that he was God as the Bible says manifest in the flesh God who appeared and came in the flesh and did many wonderful miracles and signs attesting to the fact that he is God he proved it by raising people from the dead by causing men to come out of the grave by healing the sick, the lame, the deaf could hear, the blind could see, the lepers were cleansed completely. The Lord Jesus fed thousands of people just with a little bread and fishes, proving that he is very God. He said, believe on account of the miracles. He himself whose God became man. And we ask the question, why? Why did God become man? Well, in order to be the substitute of his people, in order to be the sin-bearer of his people. You see, my friends, the world has a very distorted view of God and of justice. Justice requires payment. And the question is, how could God be both just and merciful at the same time? Well, the answer is plainly clear in the Bible. That he bore the justice of all whom he was going to acquit. You see, God cannot acquit without making the payment. He cannot simply just excuse sin. The Bible says, it says here in Hebrews, Chapter 9, that he was once offered, that is Christ, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And I wonder today, 
If there are any out here who the Lord will save, who are the Lord's people, he said, my sheep hear my voice, they come to me, and I give them eternal life. The sheep are people who know they have sinned. They know they have strayed. Like David could say, he had been a stray sheep. He had wandered far and long in this world. And he could write that Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. You know, many people like the Psalm 23, but they know nothing of the Lord to be their shepherd. They know nothing of the conviction of sin. All of the Lord's people will be pricked in their consciences. When Peter preached in Acts chapter 2, and that day Pentecost, well over 3,000 people were convicted in their hearts over their sin. Many of them that were present there when Peter was preaching were there just 50 days before, crying, crucify him, crucify him. Many of them were guilty directly of the death of the Lord Jesus. But the Lord forgave them. The Lord forgave them of their sin. That's an amazing thing. Could you imagine somebody guilty of your death and you somehow forgiving them? Well, the Lord Jesus forgave his people. Why? Because he, he bore their sins. He bore their punishment. He died in their place. And it's true of all of the Lord's sheep in this world. The Lord has his sheep. I don't know how many there are in Hamel Hempstead, but they will feel guilty over their sin, and they will be made acutely aware of it and feel it in their hearts that they have sinned against the God who has given them life even today, who has given them all things to enjoy, and yet they have lived for themselves. My friend, does not your conscience bother you? over the things that you've done in your life. How will you stand, my friend, before a holy God? Some people foolishly imagine that they can pay for their debts. You know what the requirement is for sin? Death. That is what the requirement is. Any sin. You know, we underestimate the terribleness of sin. We underestimate the odiousness of it. My friends, the Bible says God is of purer eyes, that he cannot behold iniquity, he cannot look upon it without judging it, without condemning it forever. You see, there is there's no hope apart from the Lord Jesus. The Bible tells us that no man is just in the sight of God. No man can cleanse himself. You can't cleanse a guilty record. My friend, the wages of sin is death. The Bible says the gift of God, however, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you were to analyze all the religions of this world, 
and to compare them with Christianity. You know, the difference is so vast, and yet it's hinged on this one thing. Those religions are religions of works where a man is trying to make himself right with God, trying to earn himself points with God, but you cannot. It's an insult. You can't pay for wrong things. And even the, the so-called right things that we do, they're so often tinged with pride. And so often the, the good things that we do, my friends, even done in the name of religion, those things are often done with selfish motives. You ask many people why they like to do certain things. They say, well, because it makes me feel good. Why do you give to charity? Why do you do this? Why do you give to that? Because it makes them feel good, not because it honors God. You know, the Bible says even the plowing of the wicked is sin. But as a man can go into a field and plow the field and even provide for his family. But that man has no thought of God who gave him the field, God who gave him the sun and the rain and the seed and everything to enjoy. You know, we, we take advantage of all that we have here, whether it be our intellect, our strength, uh, the air that we breathe, the sun, the plants, all of these things, but where is thanks to God who gave it all? You know, man is very unthankful and he is very unholy. And even when he does something, how much pride do we take in those things? The Bible tells us that God sees the proud from afar off, but the humble he shall have mercy upon. The Bible tells us, dear friends, today, to humble ourselves before Almighty God. The proud, he will always see a pharaoh. But the poor in heart, the poor in spirit, those who truly confess their sins and see themselves as helpless before an infinitely holy God, and they come by the faith that God gives to believe upon the Lord Jesus, God will forgive. God will assure that person that their sins are forgiven. They have the blessed and sweet hope of eternal life. My friend, what is your hope today of eternal life? Are you one of these people that believe that we simply came about by an accident? As you look at your body, can you honestly believe when you look at your body and you look all around at all the created order that everything has come to pass by some freak cosmic accident? My friends, the Bible tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Just look at your body. You have seven major organs in your body. Your heart, lungs, kidneys, intestines. The heart cannot say, I need some eyes, or I need some ears. The Bible tells us we are made as a wonderfully created being. And look at all of creation, look at the birds, just some of them here, the things that they enjoy. But what we see 
in creation is a fallen creation. What we see is not what it was, and yet it still does display something of the glory of God. My friends, the heavens and the earth, the Bible says, declare the glory of God day and today. Look at this lovely bright, although it's a cold winter afternoon. And yet we enjoy the warm sun and the food and all things that are given us. My friends, one day these things will be taken from us and we'll have nothing. God has given man these things to enjoy. It says in the Bible that he causes his sun to shine on the just and the unjust, and his rain also, and he provides for all things. But where has our thanks been? And he sent his son, the very one who made these things, sent his son to die for sinners. And he knew that he would be put to death by the hands of wicked men. But this is God the Father's intention, to put his son to death, to die as a substitute for unworthy sinners. And they will be made to feel their sin and their unworthiness. Jesus said, if ye believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. It's a terrible thing, friend, to die in a state of unforgiveness, in a state of not being with peace with God. And don't imagine in your heart, my friend, that there is some place called purgatory. It's not in the Bible. It's a figment of man's imagination, thinking that he can have a, a chance. But you see, the Bible says Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. There was a man on the cross dying next to him. Christ died for his sins because the Lord Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. He never said to the man, today you'll go to purgatory. He never said, today you'll go to hell. That man was a guilty sinner and he himself said that he was receiving the just punishment there on the cross for his crimes, and yet the Lord of glory forgave him. My friends, to be a Christian is not simply to be forgiven, but it is to be saved from a life of sin. The Bible says that his name will be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And when he saves a sinner, my friend, the Lord has already come to live in that person's heart because he has convicted them of their sin. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches that a man must be born again. And he is born again when that moment, of course, is consciously aware of his sin. He is born again, quickened by the Spirit of God, made to repent and believe upon the Lord Jesus. And I see a number of people here listening, but I would like you to come. Please do come, not just here to receive a tract today and a gospel, but do come this Sunday to hear the Word of God. We're a local Bible-believing church. 
here in Hemel Hempstead, we meet on the corner of Lower Road and Red Lion Lane, just outside of Hemel Hempstead in Nash Mills. And I would like to encourage you to come along. You'd receive a very warm welcome. And you will be, I trust, faithfully taught the Word of God. The Word of God tells us, friends, to seek the Lord now while he may be found, to turn to him while he is near. Because God is gracious. What kind of people does he receive? Good people? Oh no, my friends, people that see that they are terrible, people that see that they know good. The church is for sinners, sinners who see and feel and know their sin and confess their sin, and they find peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. My dear friend, do you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? The grace of the Lord Jesus is a wonderful thing. To know him as a friend here in life and to know him in that life to come, eternal life. Life is so short. We're here just for a little while, my friends. Young people, I see a few of them walking around just up here. You don't know how long you're going to live. You may not make even 20 or 30. Don't imagine that we'll see many years. We don't know how long we'll live. But there is an eternity, friend. Eternity is immeasurable. Life is but a dot on the spectrum, as it were, of eternity. We can't even measure it. It's forever and ever. And the Lord Jesus said, What will it profit a man? if he gains the whole world, young people, and lose his soul. Well, what will a man give in exchange, said the Lord Jesus, for his soul? A rich young ruler came to the Lord Jesus and said, Good Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He imagined that he could do things you can't do things to return to earn eternal life, but eternal life, my dear friends, is the wonderful gift of God the Father in giving his Son to die for unworthy sinners. That man who wouldn't let go of his wealth. And the Lord Jesus said it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. If you would hold on to this world, my friend, you can't have heaven. But if you seek the Lord and you confess your sin, you ask him to take charge of your life and to give you a new life, he'll give you the best life here. I can tell you this, I've been a Christian for over 30 years now. 31 years this year. And the Lord has never failed me. And the Lord has provided for all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I can assure you, David said, I've been young. He said, I've been old. But I've never seen the righteous begging bread. He puts in you a new heart. 
a good work ethic, a good spirit, so that you're able to help others and encourage others and do good to all men. But above all, he gives forgiveness of sins and hope for heaven. So last, I close again. Do come along. I mentioned we meet on the corner of Lower Road and Red Lion Lane. And we'd love to see you come along this coming Sunday. We call it the Lord's Day. We meet at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. on the corner of Red Lion Lane. The name of the church is Bethel Reformed Baptist Church. And I'm the pastor, and I can assure you, once again, you receive a very warm welcome. Well, please do come and take a chat, and I'll be glad to share with you more today the way of salvation in Jesus Christ.